Hi there, welcome to another edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent podcast that's brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is absolutely free. free, free. Uh, and of course, we're the, we're the podcast of the Champions of Scotland. In five weeks, five weeks we've been the Champions of Scotland and it's only early April. It's frosty outside and, we're, and we've been the Champions for five weeks. Incredible stuff. As I say to you guys, every week it's not just the, the pod we have here at Jersnet. We have the forums, there's articles. Uh, there's a history archive on the website, and Frankie has his social media, obviously. Uh, if this is your first time listening, as we'd ask you to promote and subscribers, uh, we've got over 4,000 subscribers at the moment. We're live tonight. It's a Friday night uh, before we play Hibs on Sunday. But the podcast will be available to download or stream from tomorrow on Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, all the usual places uh, that you get your podcast. Guy. Now, but before I bring in my guest, I uh, need, need to mention events of today. Obviously, it was announced today uh, that Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, had died. So uh, everyone here at Jersnet is... Uh, Saddened to hear the passing of uh, the Duke of Edinburgh. Uh, our deepest sympathies go with Her Majesty and the rest of the, the royal family at this sad stage. So now to bring in my guest, Anna, is Alex Anderson. I think you're the only guy that wants to appear on a Friday these days, Alex. And, I know. And, and after, after, it. <laughs> after everything I've been through today as well, you know, Colin, I know, uh, I know, I know, know the, the, the COVID. a pure trooper, a pure trooper. I know, I know absolutely un, un, unbelievable, so staunch. I don't think people really appreciate, you know, what I've been through the day with that, uh, getting getting shanked in the uh, Bears Den Bowling Club this morning, <laughs> you know. I said I said shanked, the, the other thing was, that was that was uh, Mulgai Bowling Club, that happened. But um, I, it was, I got my first vaccine uh, jag today, so... As far as I'm concerned, I should get into kind of the first half of every Rangers game for the end of the season. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you, are you feeling okay? I had mine about a month ago uh, and I was fine, but I do know, I, I know of at least one guy that had real issues like for three or four days, he was like properly out of the game, like vomiting and all that. Um, no, I'm, no, I'm, not to get your worries or anything, Alex. You know, no, no, thanks, thanks, mate. That's, that's good to know. You know, but um, no, I'm I'm gutted to say I'm actually I'm actually fine. You know, I, just, I would just I would just say to people, this is what I looked like before uh, the, the the vaccine. This 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 isn't a side effect. You know, like kind of catastrophic hair loss and uh, you know massive weight gain. I was I was like this beforehand. But, and, and how did that happen? Uh, a youngster like yourself getting your the vaccine before me. I mean, you've got you've got hair like, like on yeah, your head. Yeah, well, not much of it, but I still have hair. Uh, I have a, I have what's defined as an underlying health condition. So I was oh, always mate, sorry. Oh, so there you go. See, you're you're bringing up things that make there me upset, Alex. You know, <laughs> That's a taste of what's to come. That's a taste of what's to come. Just putting my foot right in it. You know what I mean? But I'll blame I'll blame it in the the AstraZeneca. You know, it's uh, I was ninth of March. I think I got mine, uh, and it was like I think it was it was a Tuesday night. And I think it was a Thursday it was announced about everybody getting these blood clots and all that kind of stuff. I was like, all right. <laughs> like 48 hours after I get mine, then you decide to announce that this is worse than actually getting COVID. So aye, aye. It is what it is. But I was fine with it. I had a wee bit of a sore head for a couple of days. But other than that, it was fine. I had no reaction at all. Uh, but that means we can go to the pub. We're in. We're into Ibrox and we can go to the Loudon for a pint of it. We're soft. That's it. I, I think so. They're talking about getting these uh, uh, vaccine passports for folk, you know. And the guy's talking about international travel. Uh, one of the BBC guys was asking Nicola the other day to update. And I just thought, what about actually travelling to an international football match that's on your front doorstep, you know, like in June? You know what I mean? <laughs> but, well, uh, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would rather May. I would rather, you know, yes, the 15th yes. of May. You know, yep. that, that would be nice, you know, if they would let... You know, some of us in, especially if you know we're vaccinated and we're fine. I think that would be great. But it would, so. it would appear so. the way things are going, 
that's not going to happen. But as you say, for some reason, there'll be 15,000 in Hamden like three weeks later. So how that works, I don't know. Uh, but we'll not we'll no talk about that. I was actually thinking about putting that on the agenda for Sunday night show because it, it is something worth talking about. But Alex, tonight I thought we'd have, obviously we've got the game on Sunday against Hibs, so we'll have a wee look at that. But there's also been some other stuff happening uh, this week, you know, a new deal for James Tavernier and the Kamara thing <clears throat> rumbles on uh, quite embarrassingly so in, in, in some aspects. Uh, but the, I mean, I thought the first thing we would talk about tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, was the new deal for for Tavernier? I know. I know it was announced today that uh, uh, Balogun's, you know, ex- signed an extension. Sorry, I've got. A, <clears throat> this is my this is my vaccine. You know I mean, this is my blood clot. Really, that guy was taunting him about his underlying <laughs> health condition just before he went. You know. I know. Aye, aye, aye. Oh, by the way, just so you know, Frankie started the search for a new host with that underlying health condition. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> But I, it was announced today about Balogun, but for some reason we spoke about that last week. Ross, he must have been well in with that one because he was talking about it on last week's show. So I thought we'd have a wee look at Tav. Uh, you know, he signed, he signed a new deal that keeps him in the, uh, the club until 2024. Uh, obviously, he's out injured at the moment. But, I mean, overall, he's, you know, his contribution to... to <clears throat> excuse me, that's a shockingly bad. Uh, the, the, the title win this season has been extraordinary. You know, the, the amount of goals and assists he's got. Let's have a look here. You know, 17 goals and 41 appearances, countless assists. You could probably say it's it's probably been his best season since signing the club. And he has had a consistently high level of performance since he came here. So well earned and well deserved. Oh, absolutely. I think he's, I think he's, a, he's a symbol now as well, Colin. And you, you and I were on last week um, and talking about uh, how, how chuffed we were that Steve Davis and Alan McGregor had their contracts extended as well. And... Uh, how they're, they're great to the club, but I think in respect to this, you're talking about Tav's best ever season. I remember his first season um, when he arrived under Mark Warburton um, when we picked up the league title, picked up that that uh, the championship trophy that season. John Gregg and up to him in the podium and having a wee laugh with him because I think he'd he'd beaten John Gregg's record for goals from right back or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. I was just just remember that just before we come on here. Um, it was like the blue Cafu when he first arrived, wasn't he? You know blue, I mean? blue, blue Cafu. And uh, I'm thinking what Cafu was playing like Champions League finals against DVG when he was like 35. So um, I think this is what Tav's going to be 30 in October. Um, so that will take him just to, to, to even younger than Cafu was. So uh, it's, it's, it's a good deal all around. But I think this season, you see, he's up there with the numbers again. Um, this isn't, you know, this isn't the championship. This is probably the most important title of our history. Um, and he should be getting. I, I was I was picturing the fact we're playing Hibs tomorrow. I remember, um, I don't, I don't, it's just, just slightly before my time, but I've seen the pictures of John Gregg being allowed to hobble onto the park at Easter Road. Yeah, um, about, the uh, last time we shoulder. stopped Celtic, yeah. the last time we stopped Celtic doing a, uh, a 10 in a row. Did, did Sandy Jardin no come off for like five minutes to go? Aye, aye, aye. And and the could I remember I talking to my mum. And his mates, so they were all at the game, and they were like, we, "We needed to win the game to win the league." I mean, there's a few more games, we had a few more games spare, but it was like, yeah. it was only one each, you know. So we need we need to draw the game to to, to win the league, but they, they just had to get Greg on. If there's any chance we were going to win the title, they had to get John Greg on, and I think a lot of Rangers supporters are feeling that way uh, about about James Tavernier because although um, he'll never be he'll never be mentioned the same kind of breath uh, as John Greg on a regular basis. And although Alan McGregor and Steve Davis were there in the in the days of Walter Smith and what have you, Tav's been there the longest. He was there, you know, when stuff was hard in the top flight. He wasn't there all the way through, obviously. 
But um, I think for, I think a lot of us would just one of our one of our kind of many wishes left for this season is that Tav gets himself. We're going to talk about his fitness. Um, Stevie G's talking about him coming back today. Um, but we, we want to get him that trophy. What is he? What is he? Him with yeah. that trophy in his hand? Because it feels if all the players, all the guys on the park, he's probably the one I think that, that deserves it most. Um, we've had we, it's great. We, have, we can have a debate with players of the season and all that. But for me, it is Tav. Um, but a lot of that. I think Conor Goldson is now becoming so kind of so much of a mainstay and he's performing so brilliantly so regularly. He probably is rivaling Tav in a, in a kind of straightforward who's the, been the best player this season, just looking at it kind of analytically and technically. But in, emotionally, um, Tav and Ear, that, that, that's the goal difference, if you like. You know, yeah. emotionally, he just he, he, he takes it way ahead of everybody else. And it probably is, anyway, but player of the year because he's just been he's just been absolutely phenomenal. The thing, the thing that gets me, the point that you make that, that sort of rings with me is, you know, he was there in the championship, you know, so, I mean, a lot of people, you know, south, down south come up because Rangers big club and they potentially see it as, you know, maybe a stepping stone to a bigger move down south and that kind of thing. But he'd done it at a time when Rangers were in the championship, you know, so it probably, it probably wasn't a fashionable thing to do at the time, you know, maybe a lot of people would have questioned the move, you know, and, and we, we get out. You know, that, that year, he only has one year in the championship. And as you say, he took some absolute horsens, and, and, you know, especially for Celtic, you know, in the, in the top flight. So he has been there through that whole thing. You know, he was, he was obviously part of the, the side, uh, the, the, the progress debacle and all that kind of thing. So he is cup final, you know, against Hibs. All these sort of kicks in the teeth that we've had over the last sort of, you know, four years or whatever. He's been there and took them all. So you're right, he, he always... He probably deserves it the, the most. Certainly, out of all the players, anyway. Uh, the, the one sort of, I wouldn't say negative, but maybe we sort of slight concern about Tav extending his deal is the impact that it might have on on Nathan Parts. And obviously, he's just broke into the team. He's you know he's had a bit of an impact. Does that maybe knock his confidence a wee bit? I think, oh my God, you know, twenty twenty four for a nineteen year old that that's a long time away. Do you know that? Because I mean, if Tav. You know, stays at the level that he's staying at. It's it's you know it's highly unlikely uh, that, that that Nathan Patterson's going to move him anytime soon. Well, I think I, I think um, the time it's actually happened is quite pressing. It's quite it's quite handy almost um, in terms of averting that kind of uh, you know panic for for uh, Nathan Patterson because it's just been all about injuries and suspensions to right backs for the last month. You know, since the moment Tav went off. Uh, uh, and uh, over in Antwerp, it's just we're getting Balogun on. You know, as I was, I was saying at the time, even if Nathan Parson hadn't been suspended uh, because of his wee COVID breach, um, at that point I would probably have preferred you know the more experienced guy to come on. You know, maybe not an out and out right back, but somebody who's played right back and had experience. That's what I'd be looking for. And then Nathan Parson's performances have, have more or less shoved that attitude down my throat. That opinion down my throat because he's been he's been buying lads fantastic. Um, he's not Tav. But the one thing is, Tav is injured just now. I know he's a he's a guy that's never he's a guy that's never injured, and it's quite ironic that he actually gets a contract extension. in one of the, the few times that we can remember him being injured, I don't know if it's the first time because he's an absolute machine. Um, it's, it's certainly the first sort of long term. You know, exactly. you know, he's, he's maybe been out for a day, a, you know, a match here or there, but no, never this length. I think it's the same at every position. You, you, the very moment you think you've got too many players, that's when suddenly you don't have enough. You no, know, it just takes one suspension. Yeah. One one kind of rowdy game, you know, somebody gets involved in something. Next thing, a few match ban. We've had the COVID thing thrown in this season with the potential to get players suspended, um, and then you know, you just anybody can get injured at any time. 
you know, and uh, I think I think it's we're going to need we need two quality right backs if we're going to be operating, especially in the Champions League. If we're trying to kind of hold our own in the Champions League next season, uh, we're going to need two quality right backs. And I don't think Nathan Patterson could uh, have a better tutor um, than Tav because the one thing I think the one thing for me about, about James Tavernier is we all, guys like me or guys not really knowing what we're talking about. You're, you're looking at his defensive ability. You know, and it's just that's just a complete lack of understanding of what Steven Gerrard, Michael Beale, and the boys are trying to do there, what they what they're doing with that team. Um even in terms of the attitude, you know, he's not he's not a bone crunching tackler kind of guy to have. He's no, you know, kind of ranting and raving, you know, kind of getting the fist shaking in the face. He's just he's kind of cerebral, he's calm, he leads by example, he's athletic, he's skillful. Um and I think that's that, that's what Nathan Parson. It's when we didn't have Tab, you've suddenly realised that's what we need for Nathan Parson because because Balogun, if nothing else, he can get through guys. He's 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 a classic old kind of right back, if you like, kind of old school. And we've seen that it just doesn't work. We need to. Have, uh, no, no, no. The way Rangers are set up to play, they need they need two fullbacks that are going to push forward with a good delivery. You know, what I mean that that's the system. So yeah, I, I, I don't want to be too hard on Balogun because I thought he'd done. Pretty much as well as could be expected. He's just not. He's he's just a fish out of the water in that in that position. But yeah, it was good to. See that. I mean, given that, you know what Tavs had to go through over the last few weeks, it was good to see him getting rewarded in that way. And as you say, hopefully he's back. Uh, even if it's just coming on John Gregg style in the last five minutes uh, against Aberdeen, uh, so he can so he can lift that trophy. Alex, on to, on to this uh, sort of Kamara stuff. Uh, you know, it, it it's took another wee twist and turn this week. Uh, and probably not for the better. Uh, so UEFA announced this week, and UEFA seem to be dragging their feet with this uh, whole thing, and it, I just don't have any sort of faith in, 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 in what's happening at the moment, I must admit. Uh, but Cadella, given a, a, a one-match pr- provisional ban for a game that he didn't travel for anyway, which is uh, farcical, and, and UEFA have announced they're carrying out an initial investigation, uh, Kamara, interestingly, he sort of came out and stated he'd, he'd done a big interview this week with Peter Smith, uh, saying that you know he's been racially abused every day on social media since the incident happened, which is, is, is quite appalling. He's he's a uh, his lawyer, Amir Amar, He's come out. He's released a statement on behalf of Kamara, saying what you know UEFA are doing at the moment. It, it smacks of tokenism and gives little confidence to black players who face such vile abuse, which. It's kind of some of the stuff I've seen on on Twitter has has been pretty bad. Uh, so I I mean the whole thing uh, is pretty bad. And the club announced yesterday that you know the, the not the official club site, but the you know the players and playing staff are uh, boycotting social media uh, for I think the next seven days or something. I've came off Twitter as, as part of this. I was like, hey, I'm and I'm glad I done it today with that news about Prince Philip because I can just imagine. Which Twitter's like today, by the way. Someone sent me a photo which that Tip McLean was tweeting. Uh, so I can just imagine what's going on there. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that I've, I've come off it this week. Uh, but yeah, it, the whole thing is just, you know, re- reading what, what could happen. You know, there's talk of Kamara facing a potential five-match ban. But I mean, focusing on the Cadella stuff, it feels like, at the moment, it feels to, like to me that he's, he's going to get away with it. You know what I mean? There's there's no much going to happen to the guy, if anything at all. Yes, aye. Um, and it's it's absolutely heartbreaking and sickening at the same time. It's one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. Uh, gone. And it's it's a strange thing to say, considering uh, cards on the table, 
Uh, when you know you're a few, uh, just a couple of years younger than myself, you know, but we we grew up. We can I can remember Rangers supporters being racist towards visiting footballers. Not very often, you know what I mean? Because and that was half the problem. Because when we were growing up, you know, kind of mid eighties, you, you very rarely saw a black player in Scotland. Um, we were all at uh, Mark Walters' debut at Parkhead, you know, and that was uh, that was absolutely horrific, embarrassing, and I think that sorted out. Any range of supporters when it came to that kind of kind of nonsense. I have, there was instances after that, you know, kind of small instances in the crowd, but uh, by and large, that, that's been it's been cut out amongst the range of support. And I, I, the thing for me is, we could get right into the details of it. What do we think? What does anybody think that guy was saying in Glen Kamara's ear? What does anybody? If anybody knows it, that's part of it for us. We're frustrated because we know Glen Kamara. His game is based on uh, thought, concentration, getting into a rhythm, just keeping. It's kind of quite a metronome type of player. It's kind of metronomic thing where he's just he just keeps moving. He does not get involved at all. He actually even a couple of times he scored, he hardly kind of lets go with the celebrations. He just wants to keep focused and keep going. Um, and I th- that is the most animated we have seen Glenn Kamara in any kind of situation. That's the most emotional we've ever seen him. And I get a bit tearful thinking about it sometimes because it was it, the, you could see the genuine hurt on his face. You could see the kind of disgust and that kind of helplessness that you must feel. Look at when he was talking about in that interview eh, with STV, how it took him back to being a child, you know. And um, we've all got things. We've all got moments, um, kind of weaknesses or, or things that were um, kind of sensitive about in our own life, you know. Eh, just as kind of you know privileged white guys. And we know that how it makes you feel if somebody, usually I remember your family or something like that, they will touch on it. But for you to to have that in the middle of a, a European game, well, the whole, you know, the whole continent's watching, you know, and nothing can be done about it. You know, why why did the guy, he, he spat something in Glenn Kamara's ear, you yeah. know? And I, I understand the same things happened uh, last week, uh, uh, Valencia against Cadiz. And, and um, the, the chap there, um, he came off the park and his Valencia teammates come off with him. But then he stayed in the dressing room and they come back on. And La Liga to date have yeah, been but saying... Yeah, but were Valencia not threatened with action? Exactly. That, that's what I mean. So uh, and, 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 and it's the, the victims become the, the accused almost. Do you know what I mean? The, the most disgusting thing I heard... Um, and, and, you know, Cal, I, again, you, you, we've got to, you know, kind of... Um, Admit we're biased here, a bias against uh, Michael Stewart for, for reasons other than politics. But um, the Friday night and the, the sports sound, the sports sound actually, were actually fantastic in this whole subject. Some of the, um, they had Alec Dyer on and Michael, um, um, sorry, Marvin Bartley, and uh, some of the stuff they were telling you was just absolutely heartbreaking and an education, uh, by the way, for, you know, guys like ourselves who think we're, you know, kind of uh, empathetic but really have no idea um, what, what these fellas have been through. But the first night um, that they were kind of discussing the topic with Michael Stewart and his whole thing was, we don't know what's happened. We don't know what was said. Yeah. And we know we know it has to be proven, but that should be the emphasis of any debate or any argument about this. How do we prove this to get that bastard sorry, sorted out? How do we get this to get him the punishment he deserves? How do we sort this out and get it in law? Because for me, it's not about a footballing ban. This is, this is a criminal that's a criminal offence for me, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, his, his footballing career should be over, and not, not because he's thirty-three, you know. Um, and I, 
I, I, I don't know. I wish I, I wish I had a way of being able to prove it in that sickening, objective kind of way that you need the kind of forensic way you need uh, legally, because we know Glenn Kamara. We we know him just watching him in the park, and I've never seen I've never seen a, a player as genuinely upset as that uh, in my entire life. And I just I think it's because we can't get into the ground and sing his name to the rafters, you know. And thank God we can't get into the grounds against Slavia Prague and know what that guy had done. Thank God we were not there that night because I don't know what would have happened if we realised if we realised what had happened. The, the, the thing about the whole incident that strikes me, Alex, is you know the, the minute it happened, my son turned to me and said. Is, is this racist? There's obviously, and and that's that that was the immediate reaction because it because it was Glenn Kamara because he's cupped his, his you know his mouth and and whispered something and because of the reaction and, and the react not just the reaction of Kamara the reaction of, of of Zungu and then Goldson who properly loses the plot you know he really does lose the plot and, and Goldson's not like that you know Goldson is, is is quite a calm individual you know I mean Goldson's the type of defender that when he gets a book in 20 minutes and I'm confident he's going to see out the game you know what I mean he's he's not he's not he's not that type of player at all for, so for him to react like that he knew something had been said and and you, and, and in one of the videos you can hear Zungu shouting to the bench right. exactly what he said you know this is what he said and, and he, he, he quotes uh, you know what, what Cadella said to him so there's a witness there. Someone heard it. Someone heard it. There's video footage of, of Zungu shouting to the bench, hey, he called him this. I, I don't get why it's taking you for so long and I have, you know, this, this one-match provisional ban thing for a game he'd already announced that he wasn't travelling for because, you know, the minute he steps into the country, he's, he's, he's going to be questioned. The whole thing is just, it genuinely feels to me that Kamara's going to come out the worst in this. He's going to come out with a five-match ban and Goodell's going to get nothing. And the whole thing will be, well, we couldn't prove it. When there, there, there are witnesses there. Well, I think half the problem is um, it's absolutely rife, not just in uh, Eastern Europe, but in Italy and in Spain. It's part of the culture, almost. Uh, and these are big hitters. In UEFA, these 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 are you know the clubs, the leagues. These are big big powers, and you know there's always there's a, there's an ongoing threat of a breakaway um, kind of European league uh, that would kind of end UEFA uh, financially if nothing else. So I have the sickening feeling that it is it's not our case isn't helped by the fact that we come from a country with five million potential TV subscribers, you know, which is absolutely disgusting beyond all belief, and the, the people. It's actually worse in many ways for the Slavia Prague black players. They, their team um, is, is, is full of uh, black players, fantastic players, um, who gave us a right hard time. And you saw a couple of the fellas that were stood right next. I mean, stood next <laughs> to, to, to what had happened, and they don't they don't rush to stick up for, you know, Cadella. They don't rush. They don't rush to stick up for him because they know because. The problem is they're hearing it every day. I've had yeah. several people talking, you know, on various radio shows. I lose, I lose track of it. I've, I've heard about it because you're so emotional as well when you're hearing this stuff. You feel so kind of helpless and you're so kind of angry at the same time. You kind of keep track of who you're listening to. But I, I remember somebody saying, "This is just something you get every day in training," and it's that sickening thing where it's 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 presented as, but it's just banter. It's just something you've got to stick up. But this, this is, and it's absolutely. I mean, the two black players that you talk about that, that play for uh, Slavia Prague 
I mean, how must they have felt when they seen that banner for the for, for the, the Prague supporters that was aimed at Kamara? You know, surely you wouldn't want to play with that club again. But I mean, I mean, it, it might be difficult for, for players. You know, we sit here and think that they've they've got an easy time. But you know, they're maybe sitting on big te- big deals, knowing that if they if they move, they're, they're not going to you know maintain that level of income and stuff like that. I don't know, but. If I was in that position, I would find it very difficult to play for Prague, having seen their supporters pull a banner like that out. You know what I mean? And I would find it very difficult playing for a club that has reacted the way Slavia have reacted to, to all of this. I mean, their statements are a sort of combination of, of farcical and bordering on comedic. You know what I mean? They're, they're, their, their reaction has been to this has been so bad, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. And, and they're very, very, so very, very revealing reactions as well. Yeah, and the, the, you yeah. know, they just, they, they just they just scream of obfuscation and trying to cover up and trying to get the any other can alleviate because it, yeah. it, it screams of guilt. Yeah, yeah that, that's exactly what it does. In, in terms of the social media thing, uh, Alex, I mean, I, I think Stephen Gerrard was talking about it today, and he sort of said it, it didn't think it would have that huge an impact, but it was. You know, it was just the, the, the players' way of sort of making a statement because there does seem to be a thing with, you know, with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of thing. You know, we had all this, you know, the the fake news thing on Facebook during the, the, the presidential election and, you know, it's never challenged. But I posted a clip of a video for a TV programme and it was taken down like that because it was breaching copyright. And I mean, within seconds of me posting this thing on Facebook, it was down. Boom. And I got an email warning me, don't post anything like that again. And I was like, whoa. You know what I mean? But you can pretty much say what you want. You know what I mean? And it stays up there. And so as for me, it feels like something does now need to be done with these companies to sort of challenge these, you know, anonymous accounts. They just go about saying whatever they want to say. And it's not even anonymous. I mean, my, uh, I don't know about yourself, Colin, I've got a wee rule. I've followed you, by the way. I saw you, you're, you know, you're coming off in, in, in unison with, with the Rangers. Um, and I've done the same thing. I've come off social media. And it's I'm, straight away, how hard is it? You know, you're kind of, yeah, you're uh, going, you got, it just shows you the kind of control it's got, uh, it's got over you. But for me, it's... Uh, First and foremost, it's the people that are doing this. I think it's I think it's kind of confusing. I think it's kind of confusing the issue. I mean, elections. We, we know elections have been won. I mean, Brexit was probably powered by social media. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but it's the fact that it's still out there. It's the fact that I, the naivety that I've had to admit to. I, I genuinely, I knew people were still racist. I knew there were still racist people about. You know what I mean? But I thought it was the minority. I yeah. didn't realise the 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 the, the, the kind of just how viral it is, how toxic, you know, and, and just how many people can feel that way. Now, I'll know, I think it's been telling a lot of times um, people have been caught with this kind of thing and a 17-year-old fella was sending stuff to uh, Morellis um, after the last Old Firm game. You know, a lot of the racist stuff comes with really young folk and it's obviously they're just seeing this can make me nasty, this can make me hard and you hope they're going to grow out of it like pretty instantly. Um, but it's it comes to older people and... I have a wee, as I was trying to say earlier, I have a wee rule where I don't get involved. If I see something that I don't agree with, you know, usually other Rangers, most of Rangers fans that I follow, uh, but if I see something I don't agree with, I'll just let it go. I don't I don't really feel the need to get involved. Um, I put plenty of daft political opinions out there, you know, kind of metropolitan liberal elite garbage that really annoys a lot of Rangers boys, but they don't they don't get in touch with me to slag me up. We just, we just talk about the football. It's one of the kind of, yeah. kind of convention. 
Um, but the Slavia Prague supporters, I saw them, they're still raging about it, you know, about a week later, and I saw them coming on to a post of Frankie's, a tweet of Frankie's. And I just thought, I'm just going to do this. I just went on and started arguing with them. They were, they were just starting off very polite, you know, kind of first thing, Thursday, Thursday morning, I think it was, just arguing. Uh, no, no, we don't know what we said. Oh, and by the way, you, you know, you, your player kicked, Roof kicked our goalie in the face. And I just kept on, yeah, but, 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 and it must have been about 12 hours I was at it. Not constantly, just kind of checking back in every now and then. And two of the guys, one was, I think he was some sort of teacher or something. And the other fella had like a, a travel blog, you know, in yeah. a lovely kind of, and describing all his favourite wines and all his favourite beers and all this. And then by the end of the night, the two of them just gave up um, and just started sending monkey emojis, started laughing at us for thinking we could solve racism. You know, it was just straight out, you know, to all intents and purposes, you think you're getting a rational argument, you know, and it's they, they seem like, they don't seem like your stereotypical idea, you know, sitting there with a wee kind of like Hitler moustache and, you know, yeah. the bother boots on. Um, and these people are just coming out with this absolutely fascistic, just horrible garbage. And it's 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 depressing as hell. You know, it really is. And I, and I don't, I really don't know what we can do about it. Since you've come off Twitter, have you felt a bit better? I must admit, I mean, I, I'm like you, I, I'm actually quite glad that this is going to happen because it's given me a, a, a wee sort of reason to, to, to take a step back from it because, I mean, I, I was a heavy user of it, you know, a while ago, but I've gradually sort of eased off and don't miss it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I don't miss, I, I mean, I, I miss the nice people, but they are on Twitter becoming the, minor, the minority. You know what I mean? I see more negative stuff, especially over the last few years, you know, with the sort of independence referendum, the... Brexit stuff and you know and COVID or, or the COVID deniers that are out there and you just become you know initially I was like you I would sort of argue back and, and it just grinds you down you know what I mean but you, you just you just think you know what what's the point I'm I'm not going to change anybody's mind I'm taking up too much of my day getting involved in this shit I'm going to take a step back so I'd already kind of taken a step back for it anyway but when I saw that announcement yesterday I thought right I'm going to stand by Glenn Kamara. I'm going to take a week off and and just ignore it. I know my gesture is nothing really. You know, I mean, it's Twitter only going to go. Oh my God, Collins off Twitter. We need to change everything. It's not going to work like that. But it makes me feel better about myself, and it makes me feel like I'm I'm trying my best to support Glenn Kamara. But the interesting thing I found is I didn't really miss it that much. You know what I mean? And uh, it's an interesting development. There's a, there's a comedian called Tony Law, and he does he does a thing where he says, um, "I've been on, I was on Twitter the day, and he kind of does a kind of angry, and he's like, ah, so he's, then I went outside, and everything's fine. So I think we've got to balance, we've got to balance yeah. it up with that. I think I always think about that time, you know, like, like for for example, any time there's a minute silence, and the opposition fans boo through it. You know what kind of, you know what game I'm talking about. You know, or, or cough through it. As or cough, a, cough yeah, through yeah. it. Particularly yeah. disgusting. Um, politically cowardly. You don't, because of a minute silence, you only hear, it only takes like one person to make a noise during a minute silence. Yeah, or right. a few dozen. You don't think about the 7,000 other folk who sat there perfectly respectfully. And I think Twitter and social media is a lot like that at the time. It can make you think everybody is insane, you know. Um, whereas the vast majority, if you get if you've got nothing nice, if nothing nice to say, you don't say anything. So we can we can only hope. Yeah. Right, hey, Alex. Before we get on to the game, uh, time to highlight our uh, partnership with Rangers Pick. So if you if you fancy a chance of winning a share of a thousand pound, then play Rangers Picks, the official Rangers Pick'em game, which is available to play 
for every single Rangers match. It's totally free to play. All you have to do is visit www.rangerspicks.com. Uh, complete a series of questions about Sunday's game and that gives yourself a chance of winning a share of a thousand pounds. The more uh, fans that play, the more club the money receives. So, you know, if, if, you're, if you're of that mind, then, then get involved. You must be over 18 to play. Uh, terms and conditions apply. And please, uh, always, guys, remember to play responsibly. Uh, right, Alex, on to the game on Sunday. Yeah, it feels good to have Rangers back. I mean, I know we had the cup game last week, but it just feels like there's not been enough Rangers in my life of late. So I'm quite looking forward to Sunday. Injury update. You know, uh, Gerard's press conference today was was really interesting. I thought it was quite funny. We'll come on and talk about how he bodied John Kennedy in a minute, but. Uh, the injury update, Taff has an outside chance of being a, uh, available for like, Sunday's game against Celtic. I think that's a really outside chance. Uh, Ryan Jack, uh, they were expecting an update today that, that, that they thought would be positive. So even though I don't think either of those players are going to be available you know, in the, the next couple of weeks or so, it seems to me that they've, they've turned a corner. Yes, and, 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 and I hope so, because uh, I don't know about you, Colin, but I'm up for nine victories. Now at the end of the season, just nine nine victories. That would that would do me absolutely fine. So I'm just thinking, this is actually Stephen Gerrard's first kind of. It's it's only second post split fixtures. You know, he did he did quite well in the in the first one. You know, I think we we lost the last day at Kilmarnock. He rested a few players, but um, I don't know if it's the, maybe the fitness. We never got a chance with the season being curtailed last season. We never got a chance to see how we went into the the split um, or the post split. But I have a funny feeling maybe the, the kind of fitness regime at Ibrox we start kind of picking up steam again as it gets towards the end of the season. We start, you know, because we seem to be fitter than everybody else. You know, the game at Parkhead uh, being a kind of prime example, we looked dead in our feet and then towards the end we could we could have won it. We kind of left them trailing. Saw, so, saw that caffeine, Alex. That's that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just yet, yet another, yet another fix. <laughs> I know. I'm. 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 I'm hoping we're just going to get there. Uh, kind of all guns blazing and just and just and just go for it, uh, Colin. I just want. I want the unbeaten. Now that we're out of Europe, I wasn't wanting the Scottish Cup to be played this season because I didn't want the threat of anything kind of leaving us in a bit of a downer. Um, but now that we're out of Europe, I think it's just go for the unbeaten record in the league and uh, and, and and go for the Scottish Cup. And I think. Stevie G, he looks like a, a relaxed guy now. He just yeah. kind of comes across, he's enjoying it, and he doesn't relax into complacency. Stevie G, it's like he's he's got his league title, and he's relaxed into I want more. You know, yeah. he's just he's, he's he's salty. He's ready to go. You know, <laughs> uh, on on uh, Stephen Gerrard, he, he, uh, his response to John Kennedy's comments. You know, John Kennedy's comments yesterday about you know. The Rangers players' bans, why it's taken so long. And Celtic have come out just before we came on here tonight. Celtic, you know, there was a story broken a daily record, I think, saying that they're going after not demanding answers as to why these players, uh, you know, haven't been banned yet. And the way, I mean, the way Stephen Gerrard handled it today, very cute. You know, what I mean, he sort of agreed with them, saying, yeah, yeah, there is, there's huge inconsistencies, and then pointed out, you know, that the actual inconsistencies favour Celtic rather. Rather, rather, rather than ourselves, and I, it just as you say, he just seems to be a guy that's in the moment and uh, enjoying it, and and in a position really to just, you know, he just he just basically swatted John Kennedy away there, you know what I mean? And I think that's why Celtic have come out tonight, sort of all guns blazing, demanding answers. I know it's, it's a kind of a press conference equivalent of that moment in the Galatasaray game uh, back in October when they were absolutely gobbing them, and Fatty Terim. 
you know, it's a, a proper manager. He came out and started having a go at Stevie A. Just kind of shut up, gently shut aye, his aye. yap. And it was it was the kind of press conference equivalent of that. You were thinking, oh, he's been quite nice here, and then he just gave the old, I feel your pain, I feel I feel John's yeah. pain, you know, because uh, he's panicking. It's pathetic, and uh, it's absolutely none of their business. Kind of gaslighting FC. Um, it's nothing to do with facts. It's to do with creating as much kind of obfuscation as possible to somehow kind of cheapen. You know, it's always been the same with Celtic. Their, their pain at losing must mean more than your, you know, kind of joy at winning. Yeah. Um, Rangers get beat, we get beat. Celtic get beat. They change the subject, you know. And it's 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 disgusting to watch. I just hope John Kennedy, cracking player John Kennedy. What happened to him? Talking about you know, Eastern European players, absolutely disgusting. Um, that friendly against Romania, the fella just kind of ruined his career. Um, all the sympathy in the world for him. I don't want to be too hard on him. Um, but that's. He's, it's not been pleasant listening to him uh, the past few weeks. He's kind of just kind of taken on the mantle from Lennon. It's all kind of gaslighting yeah. attitudes. We deserve to win this, you know, kind of almost kind of bullying you into saying that actually the result you just watched didn't happen. It was actually a yeah. Celtic win, you know, and you could get through it, it all. It feels to me that this has increased over the last few years. It feels to me like uh, it's appealing to the lowest common denominator of their support. You know Aye. what I mean? I.e. that shower in the corner, you know, the Green Brigade. It seems to me that everyone's done to sort of appease that kind of element within their support. I know we're approaching, you know, season ticket renewal stuff and, and maybe Celtic are a bit nervous and, and so they're going to do stuff. But some of it does properly piss me off at times. I must admit, you just think, just accept for once that you were beat with a better team. Aye, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's always funny, you know, the team that come up with the phrase sporting sporting integrity, they, yeah, seem to, they seem to completely and utterly lack it. They don't get it. It's just if they, if they lose, it's a fix, you know, and uh, I think we're all getting pretty tired of it. My hope is that um, we're all going, Peter Lowell going, um, he takes John Kennedy, or he goes as well, and that's, I mean, it's not going to happen, you know, but I would love to think with our new chief executive coming in, There'll be a lovely nation and lovely new guy like uh, you know uh, Eddie Howe. You know there'll be a kind of peace and a bit of respect because I think that's all it is with Gerard. I think he's just I think he's just reacting to it. Just gets to a point you have to say something because I was always of the kind of rise above school, act classy, just let them make a fool of themselves. But it got to the point where last season that got them a league title. That kind of attitude of bullying and harassing and kind of you know just moaning and complaining, threatening to scream the house down if they didn't get exactly what they wanted. Um, and we need to make sure that they're, just, they're making a fool of themselves because we, we need to stand up to them. Um, because and, and it, it, I, works. I, I, it has worked in the past. I think they're standing up as well. Jenner's made a bigger fool of them, you know what I mean? He really did. I, I, thought, I thought he totally... I mean, not physically, obviously, but he, he just basically slammed John Kennedy today, you know what I mean? And I, I must admit, I was chuckling when I was watching it. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, right, only Hibs, uh, Alex, you know, their, their form, you know, they've had a fairly decent season. Of course, there's, you know, a wee bit of problems. There was a 2-2 draw, I think it was in September. First team to take points off us, first team to score against us. Uh, and the game at Ibrox, that was probably one of the more nervy games that day. That was around about the time where every game just felt like a, oh, it was just horrible. You know what I mean? It was Because it was, we were looking so good and you just felt that one defeat, and because we were approaching January as well, you know, the month where traditionally everything goes wrong, it just felt like a horrible time. Every game was just so nerve-wracking, and that was one of them. Uh, but, I mean, the form, last six, one, two, they've had two defeats uh, from Motherwell, St. Johnson, it looks like they're going to get one of the European spots, but, you know, we've had, had tough games against them before. 
And obviously we'll, we'll come on to team selection, but at Ibrox, given the way that we're playing, you would have to be confident. Yes, yes. Um, and I, that, what I do hate about Hibs, though, is, is that inconsistency. Um, because it seems like it's almost like they become the new Aberdeen. Uh, for me, they seem to... Yeah. They'll go and they'll they'll lose two nothing at home to Ross County and three nothing at home to Livingston in successive weeks, but you know then they'll give us a right hard game, you know. And it's almost like I mean they, they've been to, they, they've won I think they won four one at Livingston, they've won four nothing at Ackies. They do the kind of things that we we're, we're not doing because we're spreading we're spreading the wins thinly across the season. And like you say, that time we, the last time we played them at Ibrox this season, the only time we played them at Ibrox this season, we were boiled right down to our essence. It was yeah. just we're going to get win. the win. You know, and it was a nerve-wracking, nerve-wracking uh, ninety minutes. But that's what Hibs don't do. I think I've seen it. It's not just this Hibs team; it's a lot of them. I've seen Hibs win three nothing at Ibrox, I think three different times over the years. You know, just like, I mean, Colin Calderwood, who remembers his spell as manager at Hibs, bumped mm. Rangers three nothing at Ibrox. They just yeah. they, they have that in them. You know, we can we can be the big day out. You know, and. Um, I would, I would love to, I mean, I'm not going to jinx anything, but if we were to, you know, sort out Celtic and St. Johnson in the Scottish Cup, we would like to give them a right good rattling at Hamden, semis or final. Um, and I just hope the players feel the same way uh, about this league game tomorrow. Just get them, just get them beat and, uh, and, and, and get them out of here. Because they've given us a hard time a few times uh, since we come back up. Games on Sunday, is it no? Am I wrong here? Sunday, big apartment. Like, aye, Sunday. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I thought I'm it was just, me, it's wrong. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just too up for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, right, final point before we call, call it a night, Alex. You know, League's won comfortably for five weeks now. You know, as you say, Scottish Cups are the, 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 the sort of main focus. The second one is to try and, you know, go the rest of the season undefeated. So it does provide Gerard with a wee opportunity to give, you know, some fringe players a bit of game time tomorrow. I think Scott Wright, you know, put in a good case last week to get maybe another start this week. Uh, anyone else you think might might get a wee shout? Uh, no, I, I think you're spot on with Scott Wright. I, I think we're at the stage we're kind of slowly but surely not thinking of Scott Wright, even as a fringe player. He's just, he's, he's a man there to be selected. I mean, he is, obviously. He's not, that was his first start. Um, but he's he's there and we're, we're all believing in him. I thought we were absolutely frightening last week, albeit against a, yeah. you know, a league one side. I thought our attitude was absolutely fantastic. And I just want to know, was that because we'd just drawn Celtic? And we were kind of going out there just showing our intention for the Celtic game. They were psyched up. Or is that, as Stevie G just had a word with them and said, right, we've had where we kind of, we didn't win three games, the three first three games after actually securing the title. Was that him just a wee word during the international break and saying, this is, we're kind of starting again here and it's going yeah. to be something that's easier said than done. But last week we looked like we were ready to just, you know, this is like a, what the Americans call post-season, this, 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 this kind of situation we're in just now. Um, the fact that we won the title so early particularly kind of uh, ties in with that but I think we look as if we're ready to go and I I know I think we're just it's not going to be a case of um, kind of giving players a rest or whatever we're only, we haven't played for a week we don't play for another week I think we need to keep the, the kind of best 11 ticking over mm-hmm. um, we've got the options there you know there's plenty of players there uh, to use but no I think I think it's uh, the best team possible tomorrow and hopefully I mean I would love to have the game won early you know, and then we can we can take players off, and uh, I just want to know is Ryan Porteous playing? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Just get Alfie on for the first five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> just to wind him up. 
And on that note, Alex, I think that's us. We'll, we'll call it quits here for tonight. So a big thanks to Alex for his contributions there. Great stuff as always. Uh, and that's all for, for this evening. Uh, we'll have a show on Sunday night, obviously, looking at the Hibs game, the result. It's myself, uh, David Wren. John McCallum was supposed to be on. But he's also uh, getting his COVID jab, I believe. So I think we're finding out if he's going to get a reaction to it or not. So we, we might have someone else in if, if, if John can't make it. Uh, before Sunday night, if you're needing some some decent uh, Rangers content, get yourself over to the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. And until Sunday night, bye for now. <laughs>